that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Well, the trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant, it's just that they know so much that isn't so. Welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, and uh, this is our first episode, and we are looking forward to many more episodes that uh, hopefully are very helpful to pastors all across our, our country. I want to start out by introducing myself. My name is Wade Lentz. I am a pastor at Barrel Baptist Church in Bologna, Arkansas, just about 30 miles north of Little Rock. I have been a pastor for, for about 20 years. I'm 43 years old. I have four children and uh, one wife. And uh, my children, uh, their age ranges from age 16 down to five years old. And so my wife and I, we stay very busy. And, uh, and so we're blessed to, to be a part of this podcast. And uh, my co-host is Harold Smith. Harold, why don't you tell us about yourself? Yeah, my name's Harold Smith, and I pastor Lee Creek Baptist Church in Van Buren, Arkansas. I've been here for almost 13 years as the pastor, and uh, I've been a pastor for a total of 14 years. I served one other church for a year prior to coming to Lee Creek, and uh, I'm 45 years old. I have, as you said, one wife, and uh, both of my children are grown. I have a daughter that's out of college uh, graduated. I have a son that is a sophomore in college, and so um, I'm so close to an empty nest, I can smell it, and uh, I'm excited about that. So anyways, I'm excited to be doing a podcast of this nature as well, something that's been on my heart for a long time. That's great, man. Well, tell us, uh, I know that you've told us that you are a pastor and have been for many years, but uh, you also served in the U.S. military. Tell us about that. I did. I was a security police officer in the um, Arkansas Air National Guard for six years. So the reason, my motivation for going into the military is I just love guns. I'm a, I'm a gun nut. Uh, I own a number of guns. Not, not that I'm going to give a definite hard count on the internet, but I have a number of firearms. And so by going into the, um, the security forces section of the, um, of the Air Force, I basically got to shoot every firearm that was at the Air Force's disposal. And we were also responsible for training um, everyone in our unit uh, with firearms. So that was my motivation for going in the military, was to shoot guns. And I shot thousands and thousands and thousands of rounds on Uncle Sam's dime. But I got tired of playing by somebody else's rules. And after six years, I was ready to go back to being a civilian. All right. Well, man, that's great. Thank you for your service. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate 
what you have done and what you're continuing to do for uh, not only the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, but our, our nation. And that leads me to uh, a question that I want to ask you that you might can tell our listeners on this broadcast, our first broadcast. Why do you feel that we need this Patriot Pastors podcast? Why, why, do, we, why do you feel that uh, this is so important in our day and time? Well, I, I think there are, there are two sets of podcasts that you could listen to. Number one, there's the political podcast. You know, there are tons and tons and tons of great speakers who convey political ideology through podcast. Number two, there are great theological podcasts, great preachers, seminarians, theologians, and, and they will cover great Bible doctrines. But the, the disconnect that I see is someone who's able to merge, you know, the two um, forbidden topics, politics and religion. And I think as, as Christians, we have a duty and an obligation to be politically involved. And I think a lot of Christians have fallen victim to the lie that Christians are somehow supposed to be politically neutral or not have political opinions or, you know, our kingdom is not of this world. And so I, while I, I understand that our ultimate kingdom is not of this world, I do believe that we should be politically active and we can make the climate of this current world a lot better, you know, politically, which gives us more spiritual freedom mm -hmm. to accomplish our purposes. And so that's kind of what motivates me to do this, um, to blend these two topics together and, and to look at, at policy and law from a biblical perspective. Absolutely. So this will definitely be, be a, uh, a different podcast than your typical uh, theological pastoral podcast. It will be different. It'll be a different podcast than your typical patriotic podcast. This is going, like you said, blend the two together, which is so important, I believe. Uh, you know, we are in a mess in our nation right now. That's, that is, anybody can see that. Uh, we're living in days of rioting and protest and, and uh, anarchy. So really what this podcast is going to be dealing with is what does the church have to do with this? And what, how is the church going to rise up? Namely, pastors. Um, how are they going to lead their church in these difficult days? And so I, that's where I see this podcast, uh, uh, you know, helping many churches, many pastors along the way in these, in these days. And, uh, you know, tell us, we have a, a big election coming up. In your opinion, uh, and we always say this, it seems like every four years, uh, this is the most important election of our time. Well, we're saying that once again. Can you tell us briefly about why you think it is the most important election of our time? Well, just to be honest, I think every presidential election is the most important election of our time. I, I don't think that's out of line. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why because of the way government has morphed it by the 21st century, our time, I'm talking about our government, you know, the American Republic, uh, the way the founders established it with the three branches of government, you know, you got your legislative, your executive, and your judicial. And so the legislative was primarily the policymakers. But we transitioned from judicial law becoming more policymakers where they rule and we have case law. And then 
we have now the, the emergence of the executive order. Executive orders have always been around, but they are taking such a prevalent role in lawmaking that one guy is issuing orders and, you know, they may be challenged in court, they may be challenged in the Congress, but there's an immediate uh, effect when you elect one man to this office. I, it's no different than the governor of our own state. Uh, he's declared, you know, the, the COVID emergency. So our governor is operating under emergency standards. And so he's passing all sorts of ordinances and executive orders, you know, based upon how he feels. And so anytime you're electing one man to a very powerful office, it is the most important election of your time. I mean, no Christian can say, I'm going to sit out this election. You know, I don't need to vote. When I look at where we are as a country, and I look at the divisions between the two-party system, the Republicans and the Democrats, any, whoever controls the House or the Senate or the presidency, or, hey, look, the judicial, I know, I know they're not supposed to be politically uh, driven candidates, but whoever has, you know, the, the mouthpiece, the microphone before them is going to determine a lot of policy that could take years to repeal and roll back. And I've never seen government back up. Have you? I've always just seen government take and take and take. I've never seen them shrink on their own. It's always required the citizens to shrink that government. So I think it's an important election because whoever sits in that Oval Office with a pen can do a lot of either good or damage that would take years to, to, to roll back or repeal. That's right. And, you know, you kind of mentioned it uh just briefly about our own state here in Arkansas and uh, how our Republican governor is uh, more or less, he's running the whole show. There, there's no uh, legislature voice whatsoever. And as we know, if there's no legislature voice, then our voice as citizens is not being heard. And, uh, and so he's making decisions all by himself and has been for the past few months and so, uh, and this also takes us back to what's happening in California right now and Nevada, where you have some very much overreaching uh, mandates that they are trying to uh, put on churches and are doing this, especially to Grace Community Church in Los Angeles, Pastor John MacArthur, uh, one of the great pastors, great churches in our country. You know, so again, this, this is something that is happening to our American churches right now. They're being persecuted. Uh, and some might say, well, it's not necessarily persecution, but we could agree that they're getting bullied right now. Oh, absolutely. They're wanting the churches in California to bow the knee to the government. And so tell us a little bit about that and, and why, again, this podcast is so important because we're seeing, I believe, just the first signs of what potentially could be spread across the nation in church government persecution. Right. It, I guess I want to go back and emphasize this. Every election has consequences. And too many times people don't show up for a city council election, you know, or they, they don't show up for a police chief election or, or some special called election. And so there's low voter turnout. 
Well, I'll give you an example. The city of Fayetteville, which is just 40 miles up the road from my house, the mayor and the city council of Fayetteville is now going to have a, they have a hotline where you can call and turn in people who aren't wearing their mask. And they have fire marshals and extra police men on on patrol to respond to non-mask wearing complaints. I looked at the mayor's race in Fayetteville. Now I don't I don't remember the the, the size of the city of Fayetteville, but it's in the tens of thousands. You're probably talking fifty thousand people in in that area. Let's just let's cut it in half. Let's say it's thirty thousand people live in Fayetteville. Nowhere near all the registered voters showed up to vote for the city council in the mayor's race. And so since they said at home, they allowed one person, a mayor, and a small group of people, a city council, to just come out and start enforcing these mask mandates, setting up hotlines to have people fined and, 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 and instructed. Every single election is an important election because you don't realize once these people get a taste of power, how they're going to misuse or abuse that power. And you're going to have to wait two, four, sometimes six years to remove that person from power. Right. And let's put it this way. If this is their last term of office, like, you know, our governor here in Arkansas, he's not up for reelection. He can virtually do whatever he wants. And he's not, he's not worried about reelection. He can make any decision that's best for him. And without legislature, legislature override, there's no check and balance there. When you were talking about the, the, uh, the problems out in California with the churches there, in Los Angeles County, Grace Community Church's problem is not necessarily with Governor Gavin Newsom as much as it is the mayor of Los Angeles. Uh, greater Los Angeles and the county. You know, the threats now are coming from the the Los Angeles County Public Works Department. They're talking about cutting off their water, cutting off their electricity. Um, mm -hmm. They lost a lease that they have on a parking lot since 1975. I was born in 75. My entire life, Grace Community Church had a parking lot leased from the city of Los Angeles. The lease on that parking lot was $8,500 a week. Now, somebody in Arkansas doesn't understand why you're paying $8,500 for a parking lot. Go to Hollywood and try to find a place to park. Public parking doesn't exist. I've been to Grace Community Church. I parked in that parking lot. Right. That parking lot's necessary. If you're going to put a couple thousand people in a church um, a couple of different times on a Sunday morning, parking space is a premium. So the problem here is not coming from the governor, but it's actually coming from the mayor. Mm -hmm. It's actually coming from the person who's running the, the public works department. I would say dog catchers race is just as important as any other race when it comes to enforcing the local laws. Here's the thing you have to think about, Wade. So some, some local mayor or some local police chief comes and does something that's unconstitutional. Now, the burden is upon you to get a lawyer, to go to court, to get a trial date, to go through the whole process of repealing and reversing this unconstitutional uh, action that's been taken against you. You could have solved that in a voting booth with 15 minutes of your time on a Tuesday afternoon. 
instead of going through weeks of trial and legality trying to right a wrong when you could have just elected the right person. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, this, this pandemic, and of course we can debate all day long if this is a true pandemic or not, but let's call it a pandemic. One thing is definitely for sure is that this has become very much a political issue and it's showing really the politicians true colors oh yeah using this pandemic as leverage to enact more power and, uh, and that's exactly what's happening there in uh california in nevada and other other states as well but another thing that we probably won't have time to talk about it uh, on today's broadcast but this pandemic has also shown the true colors of many church members. Uh, and I'm talking about those who are healthy, those who are not in that high risk demographic of this virus, those who are going everywhere from school to work to vacation, but for some reason they have not returned back to the church. And, uh, and I know that is a issue with many churches across the nation. Many pastors are dealing with this. And uh, this is cer certainly an issue that we're gonna be covering in more detail in a later broadcast. But uh, uh, you know, you would agree with me that this is a, a problem in, in, in these churches. Oh, absolutely. You know, for a Christian to be separated from the body of Christ on the earth, and not be able to worship should be a longing and a, a desire and man I have got to get back and gather with the Saints instead what we're seeing are a large number of churchgoers they're really just missing um, their coffee shop or they're missing their favorite restaurant and so they're willing to put a mask on and suit up and risk their health to go eat somewhere but they're not willing to suit up and go sit and sing praises to God and hear the word of God preached. Right. And so that disconnect, like you said, if someone genuinely has a severe health problem and they, they do not need to be in public now, then they shouldn't be doing any of these other things that they enjoy doing, you know, playing golf or taking the kids to little league. If you can go sit in the stands and watch your grandkids run around the bases at a little league ball game, you can sit in the corner of the church building and sing praises and pray with the saints and hear the word of God preached. And so I'm not so much criticizing those that, that aren't able to come to church for, like you were saying, health reasons, but we're seeing a disconnect in the church of God today where many of the professing members just do not have an appetite for the worship of God. And I wouldn't say the pandemic wrecked churches. I would say the pandemic, and I'm using big air quotes around pandemic, I would say the pandemic just revealed that churches were already wrecked. Absolutely. I agree. I, I think it's just, it showed us, and I, I, do you ever hear people say, boy, if the church would just wake up and start doing what she's supposed to, this would be a different country. That makes me so mad. I'm like, the church is doing that. The mm -hmm. problem is you just have a broader view of church than the Bible does. True right. Christians are acting like Christians. There's just not as many of us as we once thought there was. That's very true. And, you know, as a pastor, it's uh, when you when you see that, you have members that you know can be here, but they're choosing not to be here. Uh, it's a 
it's just about enough to make a, a pastor angry, you know. It's heartbreaking. It is. It is very heartbreaking. And so we're, we're going to talk about in a later episode, how does a pastor respond to those sheep that are not coming back? And how, how does one, how does a pastor minister to them? And so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this podcast and I know you are as well. We have a lot to discuss as we get closer to the election. And even after the election, we want to continue this podcast because uh, I feel like, the, you know, the reasons, one of the reasons why we're seeing so much chaos and, and confusion and division in our country is because for the most part, pastors of churches have been silent uh, concerning these issues that we're talking about. And, uh, and so we need to be engaged just like our forefathers or our forefather pastors were engaged. And, uh, and we'll talk about that in a later uh, episode, but uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. And I, and I hope uh, we'll get a lot of listeners and get a lot of feedback and, uh, and prayerfully that there's a lot of churches and pastors that get helped. I hope so. Uh, yeah, I think I think one of the the driving forces for me is ignorance amongst God's people. It, you know, they're not stupid. They just a lot of people have never never thought about it this way. No, no one's ever engaged them. Like you said, pastors have been silent, and a lot of preachers have just shied away from anything political for fear of offending somebody on the other side of the aisle from them politically. And uh, if if we're not if we're not big enough adults and caring enough Christians to have, you know, real conversations with other Christians about real tough topics, we're not ever going to see any real change. Right. So uh, the only way to cure ignorance is information. And so I'm hoping in the days ahead that as you and I kind of work through some of these issues from a pastoral perspective, that other pastors may, may think critically about it. They may not agree with us, but at least they will think critically about it and they'll know where you and I are wrong or where you and I are right. And uh, also, you know, I'm looking forward to, to sharpening my views and my opinions, you know, with yours and with an open Bible. And we can kind of work through these and develop a, a politically correct and theologically correct position on what's affecting the church and our country at the same time. Absolutely. It's one thing that uh, we know, and really maybe we have, for the most part, as churches forgotten, but any nation that's going to be blessed by the Lord has got to have strong churches. Yeah. Has got to be, has, has got to have pastors who are strong leaders. And uh, so we desperately need that today. We need stronger churches. We need churches just like uh, Grace Community that's going to take a stand regardless of the consequences. They're not gonna bow the knee to, uh, to the mayor or the state leaders, and, and so may the Lord raise up some more churches. Uh, but anyway, we're, our time is, is running short. I wanna thank everyone for listening to this first podcast of the Patriot Pastors Podcast. Again, thank you for listening, and hope, hopefully you'll join us again very soon. God bless you. God bless you.